Alright, what do we have to talk about today? Anything? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Same old, same old. It's gotta be something. I got additional quarantine loungewear. Okay. It's looking very good today. We're on a walk with Gracie. You got, we got some special food yesterday. Yes. We got to witness the overcrowding of Laguna Beach. Oh yeah. Not all, it was only like one specific beach. Yeah. But apparently it was happening in Huntington also. In Newport. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't remember if we were in masks. This might be our first masked podcast also. Oh, should we take them off so people can... No. Okay. This is for posterity. Yeah. The people gotta know. What else is happening? Uh, any thoughts on the Jordan documentary that you watched a little bit last night? Um, I knew a lot about Rodman stuff because I watched the Rodman 30 for 30 with you. Mm. That wasn't all that surprising. next to that on the table and I thought it was a hot dog. <laughs> that was entertaining for me for the <laughs> two seconds I thought he had just a hot dog sitting on his interview table. Yeah, I guess it's even he eats. Yep. What you else? Got it. Playing some more family games. Yeah. You got right, some more pub trivia. Alex is embarrassed that he won. I've won twice now and I feel like I'm Ruining it for everybody by... Call the ambulance. You're just so smart. Alright. Fine. I'm going to win by 50 next time. Oh, okay. It's uh, that sports category that you clean up and everyone else gets zero. That helps. Out of 10. But I did just as good in a couple other categories, so... Hmm. Like, even the book one, I did almost as good as on the sports that it with books. Some of those sports questions are weird. I don't know anything about sailing or who invented field hockey. Well, now you do. I guess so. <laughs> All those sporkle quizzes I do. Yes, maybe that helps. Geography and sports are what I tend to stick with. Almost yeah. May. It's been six weeks, huh? Yep. Just about six stuck weeks. Stuck with me for six weeks. You're stuck with me. Constantly within what, like forty feet of each other? Yeah. yeah We're rarely in opposite. We're rarely not in the same room. So. True. True. I know. Thrilled. You're just, you're just a joy to be around. Oh, okay. <laughs> So we started lying on the No, podcast. never. <sighs> oh. Where does that house that deep? There are big, large signs in front of the house that say security cameras in use because it's what everybody likes to. When they buy a house, they gotta make sure it's. looks awful. Come on, Gracie. And that's it. The mean streets of 
Woodbury and Irvine. Yep. Hey, sir, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? I am doing pretty good. Been pretty busy today and yesterday. I was going to say, sorry about all the work stuff and, and family stuff. I, you know, I know you wanted to, hey. to get this in, but I didn't want to mess up anything you had going on already. No worries, no worries. I, uh, I apologize, too. You know, when it came to my work, they were like, hey, we need you to switch your shift. You need to work later than you normally do. Because normally I work at 6 in the afternoon to 2.30 in the morning. And they're telling me, when they told me on uh, Thursday, like, hey, you got to work on Friday. You have to come in at 10 o'clock at night and work all the way until 7 in the morning. By the time I got home, I had some stuff to do. And then sleep. I, I, I was asleep when you sent me a message. And then I uh, woke up after that and texted you right away. And then shit happened. And then tried to install the ramp today and install a thermostat and all that stuff. So I finally have a free moment right now. <laughs> I'll say. What, what kind of work do you do? I work at Home Depot. Oh, okay. I work at Home Depot uh, on the freight team. So stock, uh, running a team, stocking the shelves, okay. all that kind of stuff. Is it, how, how is it going at, at those type of places? Is it, is it still crazy and, and worried about people, you know, catching stuff oh, from yeah. people or whatever? Yes, yeah, it, it's very, uh, it's still very crazy. Uh, can't keep toilet paper stocked or paper towel stocked. Uh, shelves are pretty empty. Uh, trying to get in all the product that uh, that they need, but still very hard to come by. And whenever anything comes in, customers just tear it right off the pallets and buy it right away. Uh, but when it comes to like the sickness, they're only letting a certain amount of people in the building. I believe it's like 150 at a time. You have to wear a face mask. Yeah. Uh, even when, like the associates at nighttime, you, even though there's nobody in the store, they still got to wear a face mask. Yeah. Yeah, six feet apart. It's kind of hard in the receiving area when you have, you know, six guys back there unloading a truck and everybody gets kind of close, but what can you do? You still got a job to do, right? Exactly. I never, I never thought about toilet paper and paper towels at Home Depot, but I guess you pretty much get anything there, huh? For, for the most part, for the most part. Uh, that's one of the reasons why they're still open is because they're an essential business. Yeah. So they have cleaning supplies, uh, sanitation supplies, disinfectants. So... That's what's keeping them open for the most part. If it wasn't for any of that stuff or home repairs, they'd be shut down like any other normal business. Yeah, well, it's good for you. It's kind of cruddy on the hours, but at least you're you're getting your work in. That's it. That's it. Only reason I do it is for the weekends off. That's the only reason why I do that job. Not bad. Exactly. So you got some time exactly. off now, and uh, so yeah, I know that you wanted to. Uh, uh, Happy that you've been listening to to all the other pods we've been doing and everybody else in the league, and obviously had to get the the reigning champion reigning champion on. Uh, and then I know you heard your brother and Jen. Uh, you know they had a lot to say, like they normally do. So uh, normal for you to want to uh, get some words in to clear your case. I know a lot of people don't really know you that well. Probably have only just met you maybe a, a while back at OGs or uh, at the couple of drafts you've been to so thought this would be a great platform to you know let people know more about you and and also uh respond to tim and and all of his veiled threats oh yes <laughs> yes I've, I've, yeah there's lots of stuff there to, that we're, we're gonna get into for sure for sure uh so, 
Yeah, go ahead. When it comes when it when it comes to that podcast, first and foremost, yes, we have two Jeffs, right? And it's fantastic we have two Jeffs in the fleet. But let's uh, show some. Let's put put put. Let's put this in a difference right now, right? I am right now the reigning champion. We don't have to distinguish Bengal Jeff. All we gotta say is the winner, the league champion, if you will. Okay. Right. Right. I mean, Tim's over here like, hey, Bengal Jeff, this Bengal Jeff, that. How about we just say the champion? Everybody knows who the champion is now. Yeah, well, that that makes sense. I mean, in the history of this league, we've had at one point we had two Bills. That's why we call our current Bill Ram Bill because we had Ram Bill and Packer yep. Bill. And then at one point we had yep. two Chris's, and we just had. I mean, I guess we always talk about Chris Tucker as Tuck, but we always okay. would call the other Chris Asian Chris because he was one of our few Asians, and that seemed to be his only uh, quality that that people knew straight away. So, so yeah, when we brought in the two Jeffs, we didn't really know. I, I know, I know, our other Jeff hates being called Raider Jeff too. So if there's a better way to to distinguish between you two or definitely you know the champion or the winner or, or whatever you'd like to be called is perfect uh and if your reign of of champions continues on that would be easy to determine but yeah i think there there's probably an easier way to determine between the two jeffs than, and i'm sure you guys hate being referred to as bengal jeff and raider jeff oh i have no problem being uh, referred to as bengal jeff but it seems like it's hard for my brother to admit defeat to me yeah that's true. When it comes to me being the league champion, he doesn't like me beating him at a lot of stuff. I mean, you probably heard when he was on your podcast, he said he was drinking. That had an uptick, of course, after I not only beat and won his uh, work league this year, Ooh. but also winning this OG's league as well. I mean, the drinking has has, has, has increased <laughs> exponentially since then. I mean, it, it's going downhill. When, when, when I won both leagues, I had to call him and ask him, and his wife to please remove all sharp objects in the house. That is just so he wouldn't put his wrist because I am now the winner of the family. That is that is a a heavy burden he has to carry, knowing that you are the champion of both of his his main current leagues. I would say so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So now you got a whole year to uh, to lord that over him, and probably have been doing it doing your fair share of it already. I, 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 so that's why I had to come on here. I had to come on here, and I had to, I had to give my rebuttal. There's lots of things going on, and you know, you, you hear things in the media and all that stuff about my professional favorite football team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. That's why I got to clear up some of that stuff too. You know, I mean, he wants to, you know, talk, talk smack and all that stuff about the Bengals and what a poor franchise they were. I heard all this, this talk and how he said about how Joe Burrow didn't want to go to the Bengals, and, mm-hmm. and yes, that's been in the. Yeah, I thought we got to clear up some of that stuff too as football fans. Well, and I, you know, he talks about the Niners. All of our Niner fans have been very vocal about their team, but I mean, it's still been what has it been? Twenty-five years or so since they won a Super Bowl. So it's you know, he's had they've had bad years. Uh, he's kind of in the same boat as all of us. So you know, unless you're a Patriots or Steelers fan or or somebody like that, you know, there's not much room you can talk. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, he wants to blame it on you know, holding penalties or something like that. But uh, I think I think that needs to be, you know, we have a good range of teams in our league, but uh, you definitely got to respect the champion the, the year that they're the champion. Yes, 
Definitely have to. Uh, I believe I blame the Super Bowl loss on the head coach and all of that. <laughs> he, he was the offensive coordinator against uh, the Patriots when they were up 23. He choked then, and he choked again this year. That's true. Nobody really talks about that that decision by the front office to to uh, uh, employ just a, a person who has no track record of winning. All they do is lose, especially in important games. So. 49ers, I mean, you can say what about loyalty in the Bengals with Marvin Lewis all those years, but at least they didn't employ a loser. They just, you know, they they were loyal and they let him build his team. Yep, they, they tried they tried to have consistency. And, and Marvin Lewis's era and all, if you look at a lot of that stuff, some of it was bad breaks and bad luck. 2005, Carson Palmer against the Steelers. Yes, they won, but if Palmer didn't blow out his knee that year, what could they have done, right? Mm-hmm. It's always about what if. Exactly. Bad breaks it. If you look at any of the other playoff appearances we had, we never really got blown out of any of the playoff games against the Texans, against the Chargers. We lost maybe by 10 points max in each of them, right? Or about a touchdown in each of them. In 2015, when we were getting ready to beat the Steelers, mm-hmm. everything was going good until Jeremy Hill comes out there with a minute left in the game and lays the ball down on the ground. After that happens, the madness ensues when the Steelers get the ball back. Antonio Brown gets his head knocked off, and it's still not straight from that day. <laughs> and you got penalties all over the place, which that, that game right there irritated me the most. Yeah, we're throwing flags. Vontaze Burfitt knocks off Antonio Brown's head. He goes crazy for the rest of his life. But if you really look at the replay, Vontaze Burfitt tried to move out of the way at the very end, but what really irritated me out of the whole thing is if you remember who was on the field, which gave them the extra 15-yard penalty, which they blamed it on on Adam Jones, Pac-Man Adam Jones, because mm-hmm. he got in with the coach on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. And the coach, Joey Porter, linebacker coach of the Steelers. Why is there a linebacker coach on the field checking up on an offensive player? It makes no sense. That linebacker coach and Joey Porter pushed Adam Jones which made Adam Jones retaliate against Joey Porter. If you watch the replays, what does a linebacker coach do on their field checking on a wide receiver? That's not your guy at that time. Man, this is – I'm glad this is coming to light. A lot of Bengal insight. You know, we've had plenty of Steeler fans that we talk with all the time, but they never mention that. They, I'm sure they'll have a di- wildly different story, but I'm sure if we check the tapes, it'll all be there, just like you're saying. Yeah, check the tapes. It's all there. They could get you 15 yards, you know, they could still go to win the game, all that stuff. But if it wasn't for that, yes, Andy Dalton was not the quarterback in 2015 because he broke his thumb five games beforehand. Andy McCarron was actually the backup at that time. But the Bengals could have won that game. They had it in their hands. Burf had intercepted, ran the ball into the tunnel. They come out there to run the ball. Jeremy Hill puts it on the ground. What kind of bad luck is that? And then pandemonium ensues right thereafter. So, I mean, I know people are saying, and, a lot of the fans in this league and everybody else are how the Bengals are a poor run organization. I don't see it in all honesty. I know one of the uh, contentious points that Tim brought up to you and all stuff is how they're cheap and how they don't have an indoor facility. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you this. Last time I saw a football games still got played in the rain, right? They also got played in the snow and in the wind. And in that case, also, with all the other teams that are out there that have indoor facilities, why don't they win more? If you think about it, we've only been 20 
teams in the NFL during Super Bowl history that have actually won a Super Bowl, correct? Yes, correct. Twelve, twelve teams have never won a Super Bowl. Those would be the Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, Chargers, Jaguars, Texans, Lions, Browns, Bengals, Panthers, Bills, Falcons, and Cardinals. Right? Correct. And somehow the Cincinnati Bengals have become the nickelback of the NFL. Everybody hates on nickelback. It became the cool thing, the sad thing. Hey, nickelback sucks. Where that came from, I have no idea. Am I a huge nickelback fan personally? No. Mm-hmm. But the Bengals have gotten this reputation for being the nickelback of the NFL. Now, since the Super Bowl era, there are four teams that have never made the Super Bowl. Four teams. The Jaguars, unfortunately. Sorry, yeah. Alex. No, it's it's very you well known. Close. You guys got close. <laughs> Uh, the Texans. But let's, let's forgive both those teams. Those were expansion teams, right? They haven't had so much lineage in the NFL. Right. Like the Bengals or any of the other teams because they're a, a newer, if you will. Right? Right. But what about the Browns and the Lions? They've been around for a very, very long time. And neither of them have reached the, NFL, uh, the Super Bowl since the Super Bowl era. Now, I know the Bengals had a, a disappointing season last year, wound up dead last, 2-14, and 14, number one pick in the overall draft. But don't you think a more disappointing season would be the Cleveland Browns? I mean, think about the offseason last year. They had superstar wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. They signed Jarvis, they had Jarvis Landry, picked up Kareem Hunt after he kicked a girl in the hallway. I mean, you got David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. Their defense is pretty good. They have an indoor facility. They weren't cheap at all by any standards or any means. And they were touted to go to the Super Bowl. This is a Super Bowl team, AFC champs. Everybody was touting them from, from Sports Illustrated, ESPN Magazine. I mean, you name it, everybody talked about it, correct? Correct. And they wound up where? Third place in their division. Picking... What was it, 10th in the NFL draft? Yep. Okay. So which this season was more disappointing in your mind? The Browns, how to go to the Super Bowl, spending all that money, trying to change a franchise and going nowhere other than where they normally place. Or the Cincinnati Bengals, which no one expected anything great other than myself, which I will admit, I talked to my brother earlier in the beginning of that season, and I thought, you know, the Bengals could probably go 8-8. Eight and eight thinking that they're an underrated team, everything else. My bad because, you know, Zach Taylor did come in, brand new coach, brand new scheme. I should have been open to them losing more games. But no one expected anything great from the Bengals. Bengals will be inflated at winning three games all year, being 3-13 and 13 by the end of the season. So in your opinion, Alex, who would have had a more disappointing season? Uh, I mean, definitely the, the Browns because of the expectations. Uh, and, and I agree that you know, the Browns have kind of just been floating down at the bottom their entire existence from the Super Bowl. So, you know, I definitely don't I don't list them on the same uh, level as the Bengals. The Lions the same way. You know, I've kind of grew up with the Lions and Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. So they they never seemed bad. But you're right. They never really won or went to the playoffs. So. Yeah, I think the the Bengals get a, a bum rap for the most part. And I think there was, what, like five or six years in a row where you guys 
made the playoffs pretty recently, so you can't really get upset at a team that, that consistently makes the playoffs. I mean, everybody th- thinks the Dodgers are one of the best teams, and they're in the World Series every year. Or the Bills, when they had their run, too. So, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, the Bengals get a bum rap just for, you know, everybody has their bad season. So, and I, and I, don't, I don't understand the, uh, uh, the indoor facility uh, argument. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, you'd think... Uh, you know, if you're an indoor facility, you should have a better team. But what does that even matter at all? I mean, there aren't that many teams that, uh, you know, that play in domes and and who knows all the metrics on that. But I don't understand that they're saying they don't have the money to afford it. That's I don't know. They everybody's got the same salary cap, so I don't know where that argument rule, rules into to Tim's thinking. Yeah, the uh, the Bengals, like you were saying about the playoffs, you know, in, the, in this last decade, the 2010s, from 2010 to 2019, uh, the Bengals were one of five teams that actually made the playoffs more uh, five times or more. There you go. Bengals had five playoff appearances. Uh, Packers had eight. New England had 11. Broncos had five. Seattle Seahawks had five. So in this last decade... Bengals are up there with some pretty good names in football teams. Exactly. And we have not had the best talent, and we have not spent the most money. So it's absolutely accurate. Uh, when it comes to the salary cap, you're absolutely right. Every team has the same salary cap, correct? That's what I where believe. The problem, where the problem is where everybody thinks that the Bengals are cheap, and they're a cheap franchise. They don't like to spend money. The best way I can you know, convey the message is they're more of a small-town market. They're not a Dallas Cowboys. They're not a San Francisco 49ers. They're, they're not one of those top teams that has like a New England Patriots or Green Bay Packers. So the revenue income is different than their salary cap. So the salary cap spreads over their contract over those years. Mm-hmm. Where the Bengals fail is when it comes to getting the signing bonus. They have to have that money actually clear escrow. So if a player is wants a $60 million signing bonus just to sign a contract, the Bengals don't have that much money to actually give them that signing bonus and put it in their bank account. So that's where a lot of people are saying that the Bengals are cheap. Well, it's not cheap. They just don't have that much money. Compared to the MLB, yeah. the Athletic, do you think the Athletics could afford an Anthony Rendon? No, I think that's that's the no. whole thing with their their – Scheme and Moneyball and whatever it is, they you know they do with what they have. Obviously, they're one of the smaller payrolls. So, uh, yeah, I think the the small market weighs on on some level, like you're like you're talking about right now. Yes. Now, I will say this: this year seems to be a bit of a different year for the Bengals organization, uh, as it was opposed to other years. They did spend over 150 million dollars in free agency, getting DJ Reader. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Vaughn Bell, Xavier Sulafilo, with offensive linemen. Um, they, they, they acquired eight different players this offseason when it came to free agents. Spent $150 million. And then with the draft that they just had, you know, we're going to get into the draft. Joe Burrow, number one overall. I know there was a lot of people talking. You have Mike Florio and all these other pundits and <laughs> Colin Calvert and Dan Eskassane. Who would want to go to the Bengals? Quarterbacks go there to die, which is not true. No. Uh, many people, especially you, you can attest this. Fantasy football, of course, is different than normal football. But how many times have the Bengals quarterbacks been a top fantasy pick? 
Yeah, I think not as like not as like you know Tom Brady esque, but a lot of teams have won. There's football teams, especially have won off the backs of Carson Palmer's and the Andy Dalton's, mm-hmm. and have good passing games and everything else. So I would say, in all honesty, quarterbacks don't go there to die. Yeah, they've had plenty of good, you know, AJ Greens, Giovanni Bernard, you know, Jeremy Hill when he's not fumbling. Uh, Jags just just yep. picked up Tyler Eifert. I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, they have the the names and the players. Uh, yeah, maybe it was just you, you never know. It could have been the coaching. Marvin Lewis got them the playoffs, but uh, you know, Zach Taylor's there now. He's he's proven to uh, uh, make some good strides as a young coach. So, yeah, two wins in your first year isn't too good, but neither it's the same with Peyton Manning his first year. So, not comparing them, yep. but it, you know, they got to lay the groundwork sometime. Yeah, and, and, and you know. The Bengals are under, uh, of course, high hopes right now. I'm not expecting them to go and win a Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl right. next year or even the year after that. We have some more, a little bit more rebuilding to do. They did a great job through the draft. They they answered the quarterback need. They answered the wide receiver need to get T. Higgins. And rounds three and four, they answered the linebacker need. I mean, more than one knock about the Bengals last year. We have no linebackers, which was absolutely true. Even me as a Bengals fan, I was like, dude, our linebackers suck. <laughs> Now you got Logan uh, Logan Wilson, yeah, at, uh, out of um, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, you have uh, uh, Davis Gaither, Kim Davis Gaither, out of Appalachian State. Two really good linebackers all up. Give them a couple of years. They're gonna. I honestly believe that they will transform that linebacker group. Um, this is Zach Taylor taking over the Bengals. He uh, he really redid all of the linebackers that Marvin Lewis. Had brought in, they're all gone now. Mm-hmm. It is a different uh, defensive team in all honesty. Um, but how do you feel about your Jaguars? How do you feel them going into the season with Gardner Minshew and Tyler Eifert? You guys did sign uh, ex Bengal uh, Denard. Oh, that's right. I think uh, with Denard, but then you guys uh, decided to release him. Well, there was uh, I. I never actually looked into what that deal was because they signed him and then. It something happened in the signing process, whether it was a physical or something came out, and then they they backed out of the signing. So uh, I didn't know much about him, but I know that our secondary was absolutely nothing. So I felt good about the signing, and I don't remember what exactly happened there. But uh, I mean, I guess about the Jags, uh, our draft over the weekend was pretty. I mean, we got really good athletes and. Uh, guys that aren't going to make a scene by being, you know, uh, petty and and whining like like Jer- Jalen Ramsey's or people they've had in the past. So I think they're more about their image right now. Um, I like Gardner Minshew. I'm glad they're giving him a shot. Uh, I'm a little confused as I mean they drafted another six round quarterback yesterday, but maybe it's just for competition or something. But I like Minshew. Uh, they're they're getting all their pieces in uh, trying to replace Ramsey and whatever's going to happen with Ngakwe. They drafted a ton of secondary guys. Um, so they'll probably be the same Jaguars they are this year, win like five or six games. But they, they've they got a lot more weapons. Uh, I think for, I don't know what's going to happen with Fournette. He's kind of you know, like they're, they're shopping him around, but they also like him. So I don't know 
think if they just get an offer they can't refuse, they'll probably let go of them. But uh, and I think a lot of it's just if they can if they can get some offensive linemen, which will probably be a, a year away. But you know, we'll probably hang around, probably win like six games as long as we beat the Titans and whoever else we may play that we have a guy in the league that's a fan of. If there's a if the Niners show up on our schedule or the Steelers, I just want to beat them at this point. So we're a few years away, but we've seen how things could change it quickly. Like the year that we were one game away from the Super Bowl, you know, that could happen next year. And, uh, you know, who knows, Tim's team, the Niners, they could drop all out of the playoffs this year. You know, stuff changes pretty quickly in the NFL. Yeah. And one of the things I was surprised by in the NFL draft, uh, and it's going to reach out to quite a bit of fans in this league is how the Steelers did not address a quarterback need. You got Mason Rudolph, you got the Duck Hodges, yeah. both of them are not very good. You got Ben Roethlisberger, which no doubt is a stud, alright? Me as a Bengals fan, I can, I can attest to that. I can, I can admit that. Yeah. But he's getting older. Yeah, I mean, he missed the whole year with an injury and just who who knows what he's doing with all the beard and whatever he did in the off season. So that that's a good point. I didn't think of that. And and in the second round, they could have gotten a Jacob East, uh, an Eason or a Flom or uh Jalen Hurts. They could have traded up and gotten any one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that the Steelers stayed stagnant in that area when you have a Lamar Jackson, a Baker Mayfield, and now I'm Mr. Joe Exotic, Joe Burr. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, yeah, there's there's still guys out there. I think Jameis is about to sign on as a backup, and Cam Newton, maybe they jump on him or something. But it's a good point. I mean, they 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 uh, drafted Mason Rudolph even when Roethlisberger was still healthy, and now they've got a big question mark there, and, and they did not sign anybody yesterday. Maybe they're going to pick somebody up as a free agent, but that's not any more reassurance. Yeah, so only, the only problem with picking up a free agent as one of the calibers that you're talking about is they're going to cost more money than what you would have paid in a new rookie. Yeah. A new draftee. Like my brother and I were talking about it. Joe Burrow is going to make 60-something million, but 35 of that is what it's on his contract. The other stuff is, is a signing bonus and everything else. Mm-hmm. So you do a $35 million, that's spread over the term of four years. Well, Cam Newton is going to cost you at least 18 to 20 So for the price of a rookie that you can get for four years, you're going to pay one guy that for a year and a half. Well, you know, we just saw it with the Jags throwing 90 mil at Nick Foles, and he played like four games, and now he's gone. So these teams are going to do whatever they want with money. I don't, I don't know what, what to say about that. Yeah, it's just, uh, it seems like it's, uh, and it's not being cheap, but financially responsible. You know what I'm saying? Like Nick Foles, mm-hmm. uh, he could have cut there and he could have done a good job. Like you said, he only played four games, and Gardner Mitchell stole the heart of America with that mustache and his, and his shorts. God bless him. <laughs> now, I have heard a rumor, though, that is floating around the NFL circles and has, has landed, and I've heard about, which is that. Possibly with your new head coach, with your new head coach, Gruden, that possibly they might want Andy Dalton over there. Yeah, that was the, I mean, before they, they drafted a guy yesterday who, uh, I don't know how, if he'll stick around much. They had Josh Dobbs, who 
he was on his last year of his contract. Uh, but yeah, I think before, going into the draft, it was either going to be Andy Dalton or uh, there was another name that they thought would be a backup for the Jags or compete for a starting job. And I heard a lot about Dalton. Uh, they didn't really talk about it over the weekend that much, and they definitely could uh, get him in. I think, I mean, they really want to go with Minshew, and uh, Dalton would be a great backup if he wants to be that. So I did hear that, and that was the number one quarterback name the Jaguars were talking about. But I'm not sure. I don't know if, if things have changed, if they're drafting another kid. and uh, But, yeah, it, you know, the Gruden factor, he's probably – uh, he he probably knows what he's doing when it comes to him, so maybe there is still a chance. Yeah, I would. I, I honestly think though, so, in reality, is that the Bengals actually keep Dalton. He's only under contract for this last year, making around like eighteen million dollars. Yeah. And what I think the process is going to be is who knows how long this uh, COVID nineteen is going to last. I'm not going to be you know yeah outspoken like my brother and call it that awful horrible name of. You know, yeah. Kung flu. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think what they'll do is they'll keep Dalton because you don't know if they're going to have your OTAs or your mini camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do is they'll just throw Dalton out there probably for the majority of the season, at least through the halfway point, and then they can kind of see what they have in Burrow. But if Burrow doesn't have time to actually get a hold of the offense and have the time and the reps with the wide receivers and everybody else, there's no point in throwing him out there just to get murdered. Yeah, I'm, and as much as I like Andy Dalton, you can kind of use him as an expenditure because he's gone next year no matter what. His contract's up. It's a good point, and you see all these. You know, they take a guy in the top ten nowadays. It's like he's got to start day one, or you know, you go a few games and all of a sudden you're one in three, and they're like, "Well, what are we even playing for?" You know, he drafted this guy for a reason, so throw him out there. So I'm sure Joe will get into somewhere during the season, but I think it would be good. Like you just saw with you know the Packers drafting their guy and they're notorious for letting guys sit for you know three or four years and then he jumps in and is already a, a top quarterback so uh yeah I, I would agree i think yeah joe had one really good season and maybe that's the type of guy he is but maybe it was one season so i don't mind giving him you know letting him learn the nfl get up to speed you know throw him in there when it's not do or die and getting crushed by the rest of the AFC North, and yeah, give give Dalton his last year, and maybe he plays his way into a good contract somewhere else. Yep, but I mean, if Dal- if Burrow does go in this year, and let's say he does start some of his games, I am excited to see what he can do. Yeah, especially with drafting T. Higgins this year. I mean, if you look at their offense alone with Burrow leading it, you got AJ Green for one year on a franchise deal. I mean, if he proves himself, of course, he'll get a bigger contract. Yep. But right now, he hasn't played in almost two years, if you really think about it. So you have A.J. Green, you have Tyler Boyd, Autumn Tate, T. Higgins, Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon. You have C.J. Uzama as a tight end, because unfortunately we lost uh, Eifert to you guys, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to Drew Sample out of uh, second round last year. He didn't play that much. You have Jonah Williams coming back on the line. We addressed also, like I said, Xavier Sulafilo on the line as well. There's going to be a lot of pieces that were not there last year that are going to be there this year. And it's going to be interesting to see how he can do it, especially if we do a spread offense as he did in college and pretty much throw four or five guys out there. I mean, he, he could with that, with that group of especially
especially just like I said, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, T. Higgins. You throw John Ross, if he could stay healthy, mm-hmm. I could be pretty explosive. Yeah, if they can get him some some time to work, it's all about the protection, and you know he could he could just yep. keep it rolling right in from uh, from his Heisman season. He could, he definitely could. Now let me ask you this real quick. I know we were talking about organizations earlier and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you feel about your organization, your your GM and all that stuff, or the owner's son, I should say, going <laughs> back and forth with Ngakwe on Twitter? Well, uh. I don't. I don't mind the the sun. I think you know they've got a lot of. They're very uh, uh, entrepreneurial with all their wrestling leagues, and the London thing makes me angry. But the whole thing on Twitter, uh, I'm not sure what. I don't know what would have been a better option. I mean, he could have not answered uh, Ngakwe at all, but Ngakwe kind of took it to Twitter, and I can see the the owner's son. And his thing about like, hey, we're trying to move you. You know, we all know the situation, but we're trying to get the best for you. We're all, we're trying to make both sides happy. And the fact that he goes on Twitter and then they have this deal, you know, back and forth, not helping his his stock. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a weird thing. But I, part of me is kind of okay with it because at least it's you know out in the open. And uh, I, I think I'd, I'd rather see more. Uh, uh, you know, transparency from everybody. Like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the best uh, on the optics, but it, you know, that's kind of how our organization is. I, I feel like I'm pretty tuned in with a lot of our fan base. I follow a lot on Twitter and and different channels, but and over the weekend during the whole draft, uh, they had like a Zoom call where a bunch of the the hardcore fans were on it, and they invited Leonard Fournette, and he was on the Zoom call all weekend, basically laying all this stuff out there. I thought it was pretty interesting i think they got a couple other jaguars in at one time and it was interesting just seeing them being open and talking about stuff and they asked him questions about situations and they were pretty up up front about it all so uh it's it's definitely not normal and it's probably probably not the best way but you know i liked it and you know what what else are you going to lose right now when you're the jaguars you got you know one good year in the last 20 seasons so uh definitely interesting i'm, I'm not I was a fan of the owner when he first stepped in, and now he's just being shady and, you know, turning his back on the city and all this London stuff. I know our GM's an idiot, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to enjoying the entertainment that it is right now. That, you know, everybody laughs at the Jaguars. Now I'm finally able to laugh at them. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I know you were saying about you know the whole London thing. So let let me ask you this question. You know, NFL would love to put a team over in London. They've been doing this experiment for a while. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be an expansion team or a team moving into London, just like they want to put one in Mexico. Right. Now, the question is, is let's say hypothetically, because your team has talked about moving and has been brought up a conversation of relocating. Right. Uh, Same thing has happened on the Bengals side. Now, you know, the Niners don't have to really worry about this too much. You need to do the Steelers or anything else mm-hmm. but let's say the Jaguars do move do you still follow them to London I've had a lot of those internal uh, conversations with myself because they there was a lot of talk about them coming to LA I don't know how if that was if that was ever going to happen or not uh, when that was coming up I was 
part of me was like, I don't want to be a fan of them when they come to L.A. Because all the L.A. people are going to be a fan of them. You know, they weren't with them from the beginning. Uh, and they, especially if they would have changed, like, their their look or name or something. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Uh, the London thing is just going to be, like, it's not too bad of a deal for myself because, you know, they, I, I don't get to watch them anyways. Like, I kind of follow on Twitter and, and Red Zone or something like that. So I'm not too worried about watching the games, but it's, you know, I kind of am, am hearing what the fan base is saying, and it's like, you know, they're saying that, the ownership says the fans don't show up and it's like, well, we don't show up because our team doesn't win. And the, the people that do show up are the hardcore fans. And, you know, that just means you're not, you don't care about what we think, but you know, they have a good seasons where they actually win and people show up and the place was nuts and no blackouts or tarps covering seats. So, uh, I think, I don't know what their ideas are. They're trying to make money, but it's like, if you put out a winning team, they'll make you money. Uh, I get that, London, there's probably a lot of money in the London thing, but, you know, they say one thing and do another. So if they move to London, I'd probably not be very happy. I don't know if I'd stick with them or not, but we'll see. The the two games there right now is pretty frustrating. So uh, who knows if, if they ever moved. I've been with them since the beginning, so I don't want to see them move or change their, their look or anything like that. Yeah. Because yeah, there, there was talk uh, a couple years ago about the Bengals, same thing, when they were trying to figure out a team for out here. Uh, Bengals were actually rumored as well of coming to California, which I was all for. Hmm. I was like, heck, yeah, bring the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals out here. I mean, they might as well. Every time that I've gone to a Bengals game down at Qualcomm, when the Chargers played down in San Diego, every time the Bengals down there, it was more Bengals fan than Chargers fans. I swear to God. It was, it was who day nation all throughout the parking lot, inside the stadium. It was pretty amazing to watch because you're just like, we're at an away game. Mm-hmm. And in California, there's this many Bengals fans here. This is crazy. It's just, it, was, it was pretty interesting. So I was like, heck yeah, bring the Bengals here. But if they were to change the name or the organization or whatever when they move, yeah, I'm kind of at the crossroads. It's like, do you still continue with that team? I honestly would. Mm-hmm. I probably would. Uh, I can't see myself rooting for the 49ers. I did it during the Super Bowl this year to show Tim some support. Ooh. Ooh, and let me tell you, I mean, I'll be honest. I wore a Niners jersey. He can admit to it. Okay. I wore a Jerry Rice Niners jersey. I was trying to show some support his way. And, and you, you know, you hope and root for a team. But on the inside, you just feel hollow. Yeah. You know, it's not as exciting. It's not as, as joyful. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I couldn't, I don't think I could root for any other team other than the Bengals for right now. So even if they did change, I would just have a lot of cool vintage and retro stuff. Exactly. And I, I know when I talked to Tim, he was kind of recruiting me, uh, if my, if the Jags ever moved to London or anything like that happened. He's like, would I be a Niners fan? I would have a very long and drawn out process about what team I would root for. I think the Niners, I've always liked them a little bit, whether it's their color scheme or, uh, or whatnot, but uh, I'm also surprised that you you wearing a Niners jersey. It wasn't, you know, Tim hasn't mentioned anything about that, and possibly that being the reason they lost. I figured the second they lost, it would be like, oh well, if Jeff brought his Bengal, you know, losing mantra to the Niners, and that's why we lost. So I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't caught on to that and uh, uh, just made you the scapegoat for everything. 
Well, because he knows the real deal. The only reason they lost is because it has head coach trucks. Let's be real. Come on, let's be honest here. That's true. I'm glad uh, he's. I'm glad he's owning up to that. Yeah, I mean, but this is uh, Kyle Shanahan's. Was it second season with the Niners? I believe. Yeah, yeah, second. Second season. His first season with the Niners. What? He only won four games. Was picking second overall. Right. Yeah. So I mean, really, he's used to losing. Like you said in the beginning of the podcast, uh, the last podcast, you said that he was shocked. If someone would have told him they were going to go to the Super Bowl, he would have called him a liar. <laughs> there you he go. was used to it already. He was already used to it. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's just when you're that drunk because I keep feeding you alcohol. And we were only drinking alcohol every time the Niners scored, which was quite a bit in the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, oh, you, you, can't, you can't form a thought. <laughs> So I was going to ask, what, where did your Bengals fandom come from? It is, I, honestly, just as a kid, you, you watch a lot of teams, you watch a lot of football and all that stuff, you collect football cards and mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, growing up as a kid, you know, my dad had four different football teams that he liked. He was ultimately a Cowboys fan, but he liked the Dolphins and he liked a little bit of the Redskins, even as a Cowboys fan. Uh, when my brother was growing up, he was, he liked the Niners primarily, but he also thought he had some Broncos uh, uh, and Packers stuff and everything else. So, I mean, he, he, as kids, you're trying to find your own way and find what you like the most exactly. and everything else. Uh, of course, he settled on the Niners. Me, I, you know, as a young kid, there was times where I had uh, Carolina Panthers. I had a Carolina Panthers hat and all that stuff. I liked the Eagles. I liked Randall Cunningham as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Warren Moon as quarterback in the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you just settle on the, the Cincinnati Bengals. I just did. I, I honestly like uh, Boomer Siason. I had several Boomer Siason football cards and everything else. You know, you, back then you also had, you know, players like Collinsworth and, 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 uh, you know, Icky Woods. You had, you had Carl Pickett and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You just, you just stepped to it and then growing up and in high school, you know, enjoying the Bengals and you get Carson Palmer out of USC and, you know, you're, you're, you're more into sports at that time, and you just roll with it, and you're, you're, you're like an Ocho Cinco and TJ Huzmanzada, and it just sticks with you, man. It, it really does. You, you find your own, and you just go with it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of other fans in the league that had the same kind of childhood, you know? You, you, you follow certain teams, you follow athletes, and you follow your favorite players, and then you just settle into your one team. Yeah, I can respect that. Especially, yeah, you grow up in... You're not just, you know, TV shows, the local team or something, or you root for the local team. Uh, I mean, growing up, I didn't really, it wasn't really a local team out here anyways. The Rams and Raiders were there until we were like six or, I was like six or seven, and then, you know, kind of on your own. So, yeah, I can respect that. And, you know, everybody has their teams, so. Uh, and now and now we have a, the champion of our league is a Bengals fan, so putting a little bit of respect on the Bengals. Yeah, and the one thing you can always say about me is you can't ever say I was a bandwagon fan. You know, some Steelers fans or Niners fans, Patriots fans, mm-hmm. they can be considered Cowboys fans too when they were really good uh, in the 90s. Also. You can consider them, hey, well, you're probably just a bandwagon fan, right? You just jumped on one because they're winners. Uh, you know, the Bengals have had success here and there. Uh, you know, they came up short in two Super Bowls. One of them they almost won if it wasn't for Montana's miracle of a, mm-hmm. of a drive at the end. But, I mean, and honestly, you can never say, hey, this guy's just a bandwagon fan, and I've stuck with him through and through, and I'm not about to give up on him yet. 
I think their uh, best days are ahead of them, in all honesty. Yeah, I've I've always hated being associated with a band. Like, I'll jump on bandwagons, but I won't stay on a bandwagon. Like, when a team's, you know, if Jaguars are bad or any of my other teams are bad, it's like, yeah, I want to see this team do well. They haven't had much success. But uh, when it comes down to it, like, the Jaguars had their one good year, and everybody saw them going through the playoffs, and they like, I know one Jaguar fan that... You know, I've known them since the beginning. They they were a fan when they were bad, and so they are happy for me. I can honestly say uh, I'm pretty sure you're the only Bengals fan that I know. There might be another one out there I'm not thinking of, but if if that's the case, then there's two Bengals fans I know. So, uh, you know, whenever the Bengals are going well, then then I'll know. I'll, I'll be rooting for you as a Bengal fan. I hope Tim will as well because you supported his team. Uh, and it, it's just one of those things, you know, I've always, you know, wanted to root for the underdog or, or the, you know, the new guy or something like that. So that's how I kind of stuck with the Jaguars and it feels good when they finally have some success, you know, teams win all the time. You can get, you know, get to your head and you don't think about it as much. It's kind of this or that. And then, you know, like Patriots fans or, or other teams that have been like that, but, you know, if, if your team's in the Super Bowl every year. You know, it can it can get boring. So I'm I'm more of the fan that every 15 years or so, it just feels a little bit sweeter when you get that far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, Tim might not want this out there and all that stuff, but no, honestly, he does he does keep up with, with the Bengals because of me, just like I keep up with the Niners, mm-hmm. like for him. And I'll definitely get talk about each other's teams. In 2015, when that playoff game was happening, he did come over and watch it with me. And we were both rooting for the Bengals and all that stuff. And, of course, when everything happened, he was like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. But, I mean, he is very supportive of uh, the Bengals. He, he roots from every now and then. Mm-hmm. Of course, when it comes to the Bengals, there ain't no chance. He's rooting Niners all the way, just like I'm rooting Bengals all the way. Yeah. And, of course, we all have some kind of bet on the line. Like that one year I had to pay, uh, wear a face paint to OGs and had to paint my face like a Niners helmet. <laughs> uh when, when the Bengals lost. So, I mean, you know, there, there's, we, we keep up on each other's teams, but there is still that, hey, you know, uh, your team sucks. <laughs> yeah. No, so. I, I understand that. Tim, Tim's got a little bit of a heart. A uh, little bit. Is, is there anything, uh, growing up with Tim, is there anything you can let us in on the, you know, the household when you guys were growing up together? Well, first of all, let me, let me comment on that Tim has a heart thing. Uh, let's be real. The Grinch had a bigger heart than Tim, and his heart was ten times too small. Oh, okay. So, the heart thing, let's be real. Now, 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 when we get into the childhood, it was torturous. <laughs> torturous childhood. You want to hear some, some childhood stories? I'll tell you some childhood stories. Yeah. When he was a kid, and I was a baby, he's five years older than me, of course. I think I was like two, he was probably, he was seven at that point. Uh, he, he got a, his hands on a pair of uh, scissors. They were like monkey. They were called like monkey scissors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember those scissors back in the day. Yeah. Anyways, as I'm sitting in a high chair, he decides to cut my hair like a professional barber. Okay, so that's one story. Another story is <laughs> uh, walking around outside in the backyard, just a little, you know, kid and everything else walking around. My brother has this, uh, this, plastic baseball bat. He's practicing his baseball swing because he is a baseball and softball god, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Guy has a house on his arm and can hit a bomb and everything else. But he's practicing his middle of baseball swing and everything else and whacks me over the head with the damn baseball bat. <sighs> 
So, I mean, you know, it, it was a torturous, torturous friendship. We're sitting there, and there's also another memory of us trading sports cards. I mean, have our sports cards. We had books and books of sports cards where yep. you put your cards in the pages, the nine holders. Yep. We had football. We had baseball. We had some basketball ones. We had uh, some hockey ones and stuff like that. I mean, we collected sports cards like crazy. And we still actually have them, too. Um, but there were several times where he tried to uh, trade, made bad trades with me. Mm-hmm. And he tried to force trades. And you know, I'll be honest, I bit him. I bit him because I was young. I did not know how to really, you know, vocalize intelligently on this is a bad trade. So I bit him. That's a true story. That's, that's, a, that's a funny story that was uh, back in the day. He could have been tested out. <laughs> he was like, you know, this is a bad trade. <laughs> he still got the trade. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there was. Childhood with him was very fun. Uh, growing up on stuff, we were very close. Uh, played played a lot of sports in the backyard together, in the front yard with kids around town. Played a lot of baseball, of course. Um, there was there was a fun fun relationship with him, but like I said, sometimes torturous. Especially when you're the older brother, you're better at several things, and you like to you know hang that over your head. But there are times where I get close to beating him and make him sweat. Yeah, I mean, we we have felt the felt a lot of it in this league, uh, you know, not to the extent that you have. So I can only imagine the traumatic experiences that go through your mind once in a while. But look at you now; you're on the top of the the world. You've you've won his work league. You've won this league. That you know he does have a championship in this league as well. But I mean, I, I feel like maybe each of you took the same amount of time to win one, but. Uh, I mean, you're you're the champion right now, so there's not much he can say about it. Yes, sir. And and, and uh, I'm laying the gauntlet out there. I will be the champion uh, next year as well. Okay. I've already got a draft strategy that I'm planning on already. I'm going to be the champion of this upcoming season. I mean, what better um, time to to get your strategy together? There's not much else to do but strategize. So, uh, right now is the best time. It is the best time. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question here. Yeah. You, you wait your Ooh, that's a good. I'll have to look back and I'll see. Eight to one odds, and I and you know, I took that as a challenge personally, and I like those odds. I was going to me eight to one. I like those odds. It might seem better than that. I think I think what I was going with was the matchup. I think your first round matchup was tough, and so like if you, I I, I don't think I gave you much of a chance to get out of the first round, but you were just on the wrong side of the bracket. I think you were within. Uh, the top half of the entrance in the playoffs, but I was like, I, I I don't remember I don't remember exactly what the matchups were, but I think if you would have gotten out of that first round, then you you probably would have had a better shot, which you ended up doing. Uh, but you know there were a couple teams that that went into the playoffs looking like steamrollers, so it was hard to pick against them. But we do have next year. I don't know if you heard, uh, you know, Carp in in his other leagues, he's big on. I think he he wasn't doing very well in his hockey league, so he kind of put out uh, some some odds and some scorebook or uh, uh, sportsbook type of stuff. So we'll have a more expert opinion on the odds next year when when it comes to that. Gotcha. <laughs> well, good thing, good thing. This is not a math test, and the odds don't matter. It's about when a team can actually catch fire and do really well, and about the ownership of the team making good decisions, picking players up off the waiver wire. 
and making decent trades. Speaking of which, I would like to take this time to thank the rest of the league for not making a single trade with me over the <laughs> season because if you would have done so, I probably would not have won this season. So this championship on behalf of all of you goes to me. And I want to say thank you for everybody for not acknowledging my trade requests or even trading with me at all when I sent you guys trades. I appreciate you. And thank you very much. So are you in the same boat as Tim where, cause he voiced the fact that he hates when people, a trade sits out there and doesn't go answered for days or even weeks. Uh, are you in that same boat where you wish people would, you know, at least give you a yes or a no if, if, if they, if, or see or look at it and, and give some sort of response? Oh, you're absolutely damn right. I'm 100% in agreement with him on that. The only trade that I made all year long was actually with my brother. <laughs> and right. I was kind of worried about this trade that you guys are going to be like, oh, collusion, or hey, what's going on here? You know, there are brothers, why are they trading together? Hey, you can even ask him. I tried, make, tried making several trades with a couple different people in the league, and I was talking to him, I was like, dude, no one's even answering me back. What is going on? It's not like I'm trade-raising people. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a decent player for a decent player. I'm not trying to drown you guys and trying to trade, you know, like a like a, a, a DK Metcalf, if you will, for a Patrick Mahomes. I know that's a stupid trade and everyone's going to deny it, and I would deny it also. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a of, hey, this can help you, I know this can help me, and go from there, because I want everybody to still be competitive. Of course I want to win. I'm going to do what's best just for me, but I'm not going to give you a kicker for a quarterback yeah. or a defense for a star wide receiver. I'm not that kind of guy. I would only put a defense or a kicker in there as a package if that's where I feel that they need help for me to get the guy that I need. Right. And I think that's you know what, because Tim brought up a, a time, he was trying to get a trade out of me at some point during the year, and I, I wasn't in my right mind. I There's probably, you know, I was thinking I'm way out of it. I need something big to get me back into the playoffs. So I think a lot of us are just still a little shell-shocked from, you know, when we had Harvey in the league, it was trade after trade, and they were all bad, and he was just, you know, it was just like you're you're back in Nam and there's shells raining down around you. You're having flashbacks. So it, I think it's taken people a year or two to, to figure it out and, and come back to uh, the well because, you know, I, I agree. I, I've always liked to make trades because – as I've always tried to harp year in and year out that we should do an auction draft and then do keepers, but people like to do the snake draft every year, which is fine with me. And a lot of times you don't, you get people you like, but there's, you know, there's people you don't have a chance to get because of how the draft works. So that should elicit more trades and, and people building their team you know, because they don't have the, the easy enough chance in the, the way the draft is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to see more trades or at least more people talking about them and, and getting some more, uh, you know, conversation back and forth about stuff like that. Yeah. But if it comes to the snake draft, I mean, I, I do enjoy the snake draft, and I understand some people can't get the guys that they want in the draft because of the way it works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, say, I'll tell you, uh, this year, you know, there was a couple of people that go like, dude, why are you taking, you know, Amari Cooper too soon, or why are you taking DK Metcalf? You know, he's going to be injured and all that stuff. But I'll tell you right now, I, as as you might not get the player you want when it comes to your turn, you gotta get your guy right. Just like in the NFL draft, you gotta go get your guy. Don't yeah. try to wait for him to fall in lap. You gotta be. If you feel that way, you gotta be able to and just be like, "Hey, that's the guy I'm taking." Yeah, it's and tough. Go and pick him up. It's tough because because I I like that method too. I usually have 
something that I look at and I'm like, this is who I'm going to go for. And you might look ridiculous taking a guy and uh, the when you take them because of what everybody else's rankings are. I think a lot of it, it I, I get a lot of, uh, I get gun shy because if you take your guy, that's leaving somebody that, you know, is probably should have been taken in your spot able out there for somebody else and you're making somebody else's team better. So it's a tough balance to, you know, build the best team, not just gift somebody a good player, but also sticking with your, your strategy. So that, you know, that's the, I agree too. The, the snake draft is good in that sense. And, you know, it gets us all together and, and scheming every year, uh, uh, I think on a fair level. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, you, you always want to go and, First round, you get the best player available. Take out your, your, your best player available, build mm-hmm. your team around that. And then the second round and on down, you go get your guys. Mm-hmm. You go get the guys you believe, the that you've done on these people, the offense that they're in, the quarterback that's going to the offensive line for the running backs, the defensive schemes. You go get your people from rounds 2 to 16. Even though it's exhausting, and you do a great job of keeping it entertaining for the hours that we go through. But uh, you, know, you gotta you gotta be diligent and go get your people, and not lose focus of what you plan and what you have in store for your team. And I'll say I appreciate you. Uh, you and Greg had the most entertaining championship game, and I don't know maybe ever in this league because uh, I was uh, I was with him and Andy uh, that last week. We were up uh, up in uh, L.A. and walking around and you know following the games because I think. One of you guys had a pretty big lead at one point, and then there was games ending, and then it, it all came down to uh, to two players on the Sunday night game and back and forth, and, you know, I think you each had the lead during that game at some point, which was pretty pretty exciting. Two players on the exact same team, uh, Chelsea Oski had Lockett, and I had DK Metcalf. <laughs> and you don't know how many times I was getting on with the team, throw it to number 14, throw it to Metcalf. <laughs> And they both they that both guy. had really good games. I think it was just they they were they were keeping up with each other. It was it was unreal. Yep, uh, DK Metcalf honestly was was a very good pick from the beginning of the year. I'm glad I got you know. Hey, why did you pick him? He's injured. I was like, dude, first week he's gonna be playing, and the sure shit he was, of course. Uh, but he was one of the guys that I was glad I picked up when I did. Yeah, uh, he he was a tremendous help through the whole season. There were a lot of boom games. There were some not so good games from him, but he was always putting up between eight to twenty points. And he was he was a good player for the whole year. I'm glad I I took a chance on him in the fifth round and said let's get him. I'm yeah. glad I did that. So hopefully hopefully other players in this league will will understand and hopefully they'll they won't wait for people to fall to them that they'll make their decision, stick with their guy, and go get him. Now, did you have a similar team in in Tim's work league? Almost. In all honesty, almost. I was very close to having the same team. Uh, Tim's work league was eight players this year. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, there possibly might be a couple more players next year, but of course with eight-player leagues, that feels a little bit more difficult than 16. Yep. Uh, only because there's so many good players in an eight-player league. Um, you know, it's hit or miss. In a 16-team league, he's going to be more diligent, watch the waiver wires, watch who people are dumping, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, in an eight-man league, there's a lot more variable, a lot more change. Um, but yeah, I pretty much almost had the exact same team. Uh, made a couple of changes in that league, didn't trade with anybody, just more watched the waiver wire. Uh, and it came out victorious. There was a while there where I was in first place for a good, good amount. 
in all honesty. So it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty fun league uh, in that one, but came out victorious. So it all paid off. Yeah, well, we we appreciate we we're happy to have you in the league. Tim and Jen had been terrorizing us for quite a while. Uh, now we have the whole the whole family in here, and uh, uh, you know, I know he leads the the trash talking side of it, but you know, you are his brother, so you you definitely have it in you to to hold your own and and talk the trash as well. Yes, yes. Well, you know, some of us, you know, try to act like we've been there before. You know, champions <laughs> try to find as possible. Uh, so, so you know, when, when you're a winner, you want to act as a winner. You know, losers have a lot of time to talk because they focus on other people. Winners keep to themselves and you know just dominate. Man, it's it's. They usually say that the second sibling is is the better one in in a lot of aspects. So I can see I can see the you know. The cream coming to the top, you're, you know, rising to the occasion. Uh, Tim's going to be in trouble. He thought he was the the king of this league, and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, you're the reigning champ, and and he's going to have to wrestle that away from you. Yes. Well, you know, and, and also, you know, I will talk a little bit more trash. I know this podcast is going to help me get to know a lot of people in this league and get to know them personally. Uh, that way, I know which buttons to kind of push and which ones not to push. Exactly. So we're. I mean, I, I know you guys. I, I've been to Hoji's quite a bit. I, I've hung out with you guys a couple of times, been to several drafts. Uh, but I've not had the luxury to get to know everybody one-on-one. And uh, through this podcast and what you're doing, I know that's going to make that a lot easier to uh, facilitate more information on people so I know where to strike. Uh, but the one thing I will say is from Tim Dion's podcast, we must have a lot of old people. Because you all like to golf a lot. Following the text message feed, he had gone here talking golf for two minutes, and I heard the geriatric doors open up, and everybody's like, hey, I want to go. Let me slap my knee brace on. I'll beat you for nine holes. <laughs> Good gracious, man. I didn't know there was that many old people in this league. I mean, there it's it's a pretty wide range, but, yeah, I'm surprised at how many people we have that are golfers. And even we lost Harvey. I know Harvey was a big golfer, too, so... I I mean I'd love to but I don't have that kind of time like these you know these people in their retirement homes can just get out there and and hit the links so I don't know I guess we got to maybe we maybe that's how we get to know people better just hang around on the golf cart on the course and have some brews Yeah well while you guys are doing that I'll be at the 19th hole drinking some whiskey and tequila <laughs> you guys can meet me up and get all done <laughs> That's a good plan I like that we'll just just hang out and wait for them to all come back with their Farmers' tans and yeah. they're, you know, dehydrated. Jen, Jen, Jen and I have talked about it before. You guys can all golf. Me and Jen will drive the golf cart, and me and her will be liquored up. Beautiful. So we'll be partying while all of you guys are doing your little putt putt thing. <laughs> we may that may have to be a, a a league function one year. Go out to the golf course and put some skins down or something, or just drinks. It'll be it'll be a part. Uh, golfing event, part drinking event that'll factor into scoring or something like that. Yeah. We can we can find a way to make golfing fun for for all of us, not just the elderly crowd. Listen, golf is not fun. Golf, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why golf's not fun. It's the only sport you play to play the least amount of it. Exactly. The only way in the game is to have the less least amount of strokes. Right? <laughs> People don't play a game that they don't want to play. That's the only way you win is by playing and not playing that much. Yikes! I never, I never right? thought of it like that. That's that's a brilliant point. 
When you play football, you want to have the highest score. When you play baseball, you want to have the highest score. Golf, basketball, anything else, bowling, you want to have the highest score. You want to play the most of it. In golf, you want to play the least of it. It is a boring sport. No one wants to play it. That's why they made the rules that way. I mean, from what I remember, I don't know a ton about golf, but from from what I was told, the sport began, the, the only reason they play 18 holes is because that's how many holes it took to finish, you know, a handle of whiskey. So, like, if I'm going to be playing golf, that's how I'm going to play it. I'm just playing until the whiskey's gone, because then what's the point of playing? You know, I'm not keeping score or, or playing mulligans or whatever. I'm just out there hitting the ball and having a whiskey. Exactly, but you got people like my brother who play that game sober. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> That's the sight I want to see. I want to see Tim sober and playing golf. That's I don't know if that's possible. Oh, oh, you don't want to play. You don't want to watch that, dude. You don't want to watch that. He is totally, <laughs> totally aggressive. Totally want to win at all costs. I mean, he'll down here be Patrick Swayze and rip your throat out. Oh, okay. Let's be honest. Okay. He, he is he is very aggressive at winning, but that's what makes him the best. Just like the Michael Jordans, you've been watching this uh, yeah. last dance, last dance uh, mini docu series, which is very good. And if anyone's watched it, I'm not a basketball guy, check it out. But Michael Jordan was the same way, right? You go in, you're all business, and you become great, and that was that's what makes him great. That's right. He, he is great. Puts his head down, focuses on every little detail, goes to the putting ranges and goes to the driving ranges, and He's great at it. Let me tell you, I, I've gone to the driving range with him, and he can hit a ball 300, 350, 400 yards, no problem. I mean, it's pretty amazing to watch him do it. He, he soaks on his technique all the time. I don't have that patience. I don't right. have that time or that luxury. He tries his best to, to get me involved, and, and I'll do it with him, but I don't have the time to be as good as he does. Yeah, well, we... We we won't make this into a golf podcast, I, I promise. All the golfers that are on the group chat, they want to they want to get in and talk golf stories. I mean, they can make a golf podcast if they want, but uh, it, that's not what this is about. This is about winning and football and trash talk and trash talking about football and whiskey. So, uh, so we're gonna yeah. keep it that way. You know, this is very early into the stages of it. I'm not gonna let it get away from me already. Good, good. Now, have you thought about doing, like, uh, like special editions? I know you and my brother did talk mixed martial arts on the last one. Have you thought about doing, like, special, like, recaps or special, like, hey, this fight's coming up, odds on these people, and talking that kind of stuff? Or are you more focused on keeping it mainly NFL, fantasy football, uh, all of that going forward? No, I'm wide open to, to make it about anything. I've got – because – uh, I mean, right now the, the the setup is kind of half. You know, obviously when the league's going, uh, it's going to be weekly stuff on the league. But the rest of the time, I'm kind of filling it up with you know f- people from the league. You know, trying to learn about everybody and talk to them more. I've got friends coming in uh, that just, we just talk about literally anything. So yeah, if somebody wants to come in, you know, as maybe it's while watching an MMA fight and breaking it down. Uh, you know, I was hoping ours would be about the draft and we can talk about the draft stuff too. We can do anything we want. If we, if we want to talk about golf, you know, th- th- I wouldn't enjoy it very much, but we can talk about golf. So I'm, I'm pretty open to anything people want to talk about and, uh, you know, break it down while watching an actual event. I'm, I'm pretty open. I'm, 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 you know, always expanding the limitations of, of what we're doing, especially on quarantine. We can talk about anything you want. 
that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, man. What you got going here is something really cool, something that I've thought about doing for a long time, and to see you doing all that stuff, that's really, really cool. I, uh, I commend you. That's pretty awesome, man. Very cool thing that you're doing right now. Very, very cool. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I never thought I'd had the means to do it, but it's seemed to work out a little bit better than I thought it would. And you know, thanks to John Carpenter for bringing the idea. Him and him and Weber, uh, or him and uh, our other friend, uh, said they do it for their hockey league. So I'm like, if that guy can do it, then I can do it. And yeah, that would be a good idea. That you know, not everybody has a Facebook. Not everybody can see the commission notes. I want to find a way that. Everybody can listen. Everybody can chime in if they want. You know, let's let's really bring it all together. So it's working out so far. Well, you're doing a hell of a job, sir. You're doing a hell of a job. But let's get back to the fantasy football real quick. <laughs> yeah. Last time we talked, last time we talked, you said something, and there is a trophy that needs to be destroyed. Oh yeah. Have you figured that out? Have we figured that out? Have we? Have you figured how to unceremoniously? Get rid of this thing. Well, hopefully, and, you know, God willing, we're still able to go out to Vegas and, and have the draft this year. Uh, I was, th- I mean, at any point, we can destroy the trophy. I was thinking it might be cool to do it out in Vegas when everybody's there. But a lot of it was, was up to you. Like, uh, you won the league, so you, that was the, 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 one of the prizes of winning last year was to de- destroy this trophy in whatever means you thought would be the best to do that. So I'm, I'm putting a lot of it on you if, if you have any good ideas. Otherwise, you know, we could easily take it out to Vegas and who knows what, you know, there's shooting ranges, there's, you could drop it off of something. I don't know what, if anything, goes out in Vegas. But yeah, if, if you have ideas, you're kind of the holder of its fate. Well, I'm, I, you know, I, I was going to actually get with you on that. Me and you can definitely decide together. Two heads are definitely better than one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I did tell my brother, which was an idea, of course, if you want to destroy this thing, and I mean absolutely destroy this thing, mm-hmm. we can definitely do it in Vegas out in the desert, not go to a gun range, but, of course, go to the little desert. It's not that far away from Vegas. You do like a little 10-minute drive. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You can have some fun. We can go to the Bass Pro Shop over next to the Silverton Casino. They have an actual Bass Pro Shop in there. Mm-hmm. And we can get this two-part substance called Tannerite. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you know what Tannerite is. I don't. But it's a two-part substance. It's a two-part substance that you mix. It's dry. You mix it in a canister. You just shake it up, right? It comes in a... One substance is in there. The other one comes in a clear plastic bag. You open up the plastic bag. You dump it in there. And you shake it up. You get it mixed up real good, right? usually comes in one-pound little canisters. Okay. And when you shoot that canister with a high-powered round, which those are pretty easy to come by, that thing goes kaboom big time. (laughs) And destroys whatever you want. It's pretty much portable dynamite that you shoot. Wow. So we can make this thing go boom. We can make it disappear. That ain't no problem. (laughs) But I know me and you can put our heads together one day, and we can figure out a better idea of how to make it how to make it go away. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be that would be the the, the best scenario is some sort of explosion. Obviously, uh, you know, a gun range would be cool because everybody might get a shot at it or something. But yeah, who knows how much destruction that would do? Uh, if it's you know. If it's where, you know, you get to shoot out the ceremonial round and, and blow this thing to smithereens or a plunger or whatever it is, if you, you guys seem to have some good ideas, so I'm, I'm, ro- I'm going to roll with that if that's, uh, 
if if that's the, the one of the better options to to really get this thing out of our lives forever. Gotcha, cool. And the second thing is, have you decided, or has the league decided, on how we are picking this year's draft order? So there is a decision out there. A lot of it is hinging on going out into Vegas. Uh, years past, we've had a lot of uh, tournaments were decided like through uh, events, sporting events, and, and whatnot. And I'm kind of glad I didn't do that this year because it would have been stuck in the middle and we would have had nothing to, to, to go off of. But uh, the plan this year was, so the Vegas trip obviously is the, I believe it's the 14th, 15th, uh, 16th around that weekend I was hoping to get everybody in at some point on Friday uh, and then we all get together that night have like a dinner or drinks or whatever it is and then have everybody tell everybody that uh, we start with like I don't know if it's 100 or 200 dollars uh, put that down in the casino and you've got that night until the next day at like noon or 3 or whatever when we, whenever we were getting back together for the draft you had that much amount of time to gamble at the casino, and whatever amount of money you brought back, we would total up everybody's money, and the draft order would be determined off of that. So that was the idea, was a night at the casino, start with like 200 bucks, uh, whatever you come back with, you know, we rank it all up, and, and the order is from that. So that's, I think that can still happen. If we're able to go to Vegas, that would be, you know, still be a viable option. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So we'll sounds see. Like a fun, sounds like a fun night of gambling. Now you said uh, two hundred bucks for two hours. You said. Well, it might just be for it. It might just be whenever we start, like the Friday night. You know, you have until the draft starts the next day, until we all show up at the draft location. So I thought about doing it for two hours or three hours. I don't know what would be the best way to do it. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to regulate how long people are, are going till so it's it would just be here's when you start you know when you show up to the draft that's your end point uh it's still a work in progress but that seemed like a uh kind of what we were centering it around gotcha we would have to have quite a bit of honor system in that uh and if we do it that way which i'm totally fine with i'm an honorable person <laughs> uh but we want to make sure that no one's bringing extra cash with them and be like hey I want $800, look at this right here. Or, you know, people not spending their money, there would have to be a way to be like, hey, you know, you have to gamble. I don't know if just going to hold on to the money and be like, hey, I'm cool with this. I'll wind up in the middle of the pack. Yeah, and there was something, I think there's a way to, I, I don't gamble very much in Vegas, but I think there's a way to, you know, people bring back a receipt and it's like whatever it says on that receipt or something like that. And obviously with the yeah. honor system, there was we were going to find out a way that, Everybody would have to go out at least with one other person so that they could check each other. Uh, we hadn't figured out how that would happen, but uh, those are still can, are up for uh, uh, up for you know determination of, of how we'll get an honor system going, uh, how to make sure people aren't aren't you know fooling the system. So, uh, but that was kind of the idea, and I thought about that too. So now we've had a drafts before where we literally figure out the draft at the draft where we show up and play like a card game or one year we had a Mario Kart tournament and stuff like that. So uh, it's, you know, it, it it's hard to, to plan for it if you don't know months in advance what spot you are. But 
I figured we're in Vegas. This might be the one time we have a, a crazy draft like this or the only one in a while. So let's use Vegas, have a casino style, uh, and see how it works. Now, can I throw out a lame suggestion? Sure. We could do it in Vegas, of course. We could all meet up at MGM mm-hmm. down by the sports books, across the way from the sports books. There's a little bar area with a whole bunch of TVs, a little faux bowling alley, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Next to that, and in that area, there are two different games that we could play tournament style, and we can drink while doing it, and we could make a mandatory shots, right? Like, hey, before you play, you got to take three shots and wait about 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. That way people can start to feel a little buzzed. Yeah. And we can either do an A, air hockey tournament, mm-hmm. which they have small air hockey tables down there, or B, you can play beer pong one-on-one. And they do have beer pong tables and everything else. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's another so option. We, I think We can run a tournament down there and do like, hey, one-on-one, if you lose, you're out. If you win, you're in. Next bracket. I've thought about doing a beer pong tournament. It, a lot of it was just like it was going to take too long if we only had one table. But if there's enough tables uh, and doing some sort of, uh, uh, you know, run it all together, have a tournament style, yeah, I think that would be, or, or a mixture of the two. Maybe it's, yeah, first round's beer pong, second round's air hockey, third round's, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I think there's a way to incorporate that somehow. I like the suggestions. Yes, I mean, I believe they have at the MGM, I want to say they have four beer pong tables set up. Okay. I want to say there's four, but I want to say there's three air hockey tables <laughs> that they have. I mean, they've got quite a bit of stuff down there on that little floor uh, by these sports books and all that stuff. And like I said, there's a big bar attached to it and everything else mm-hmm. where you can get your, your drinks on. Nice. So, just a suggestion, if you can't figure out the gambling and all those details and, and how we're going to be able to track people, that might be a suggestion where we meet up there in the afternoon when it's not too super crowded and packed, yeah. where people are still around during the daytime, and we can kind of hammer that out as quick as possible. Yeah, I'm always up for the suggestions. You know, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, uh, there's a lot of more people that are well-versed with uh, Vegas or sports books or casinos or stuff like that. If there's any... Anybody that can bring some more ideas and suggestions, you know, maybe we throw in a, a beer pong round if, if, if people want to do that too. Uh, you know, I'm no, by no means the expert on this part of it, but uh, I thought it'd be a, a good theme to do it. So any suggestions I'm willing to take and find a way to, to make it airtight, you know, locked up so that nobody's, nobody's gaming the system on us. <laughs> Hey, I'm all for it. I love Vegas. I'm always out there and all that stuff, so I can't wait. Perfect. Yeah, it's going to be great. If, if if it can still happen, I'm I'm excited for it. I know pretty much everybody else is. I think we've got everybody going to be there. Some people have already got their hotels, so uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a very good time. Can't wait, man. I really can't wait. Love it. All right. Well, hey, you like, you're doing a great job with this with this uh, league and this podcast. I uh, I thank you and everybody else in the league for welcoming me into the league. I know this was my uh, third year playing with you guys for sure. Yeah. Um. Can't wait to do many many more. Can't wait to be your champion next year. So <laughs> in the air for that. In the air for that. You know, at least at least I did something the Bengals never have, which is I'm a champion. Oh man. All right. They need, to, that. they need to take your lead. And, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're in the league now. Uh, you know, I think we've, we've known Tim and Jam a little bit longer than you, but, you know, 
I feel like we know you as well. I guess you were at OGs with them those all those years ago too. But it's good to have somebody in the good league that it's good to have someone in the league that's that's into it and knows what they're doing. Obviously, you do since you're a champion. So uh, yeah, we're glad we're glad to have you in and glad you're you're enjoying yourself. Yes, it's a, it's been a blast and it's been fun and I can't wait for the next several seasons. <laughs> so until next time, my friend, when we speak again, hopefully on a future podcast. This has been a pleasure, and I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, man. Glad to have you, and uh, good luck with the rest of this quarantine, and good luck out there at, at Home Depot with everything you're, you're dealing with. Me too, sir. Be safe and uh, enjoy your time doing what you're doing. Hey, you, what you gonna do? Hey, you, what you gonna do? 49ers, what you gonna do? Ravens, tell me what you gonna do. Jets, what you gonna do? Steelers, what you gonna do? Cowboys, what you gonna do? When the Jacks come with you, Falcons, what you gonna do? Browns, what you gonna do? Carolinas, what you gonna do? Them Jacks coming for you. Uh-oh.